right, it's Thursday, and you are tuned in to the only place on the internet to hear white guys give their opinion on things that really don't matter. I got a lot of things you should hear. <laughs> yes, you do. I got a lot of questions to ask. Well, you know what? As long as it gets us to the capital T truth, um, I'm for it. I'm for, I'm for just asking questions. That's you it. You know what I mean? Days of the New, the show where we just ask questions. Yep. Uh, so, Nick, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, thanks to everybody's patience while we took a week off. Uh, you know, it's hard to hard to remember sometimes that the people you listen to every week are actual people with jobs and responsibilities and shit. And boy, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nick has been going through it recently, so uh, we definitely appreciate uh, the extending us a little grace to just stop and breathe and collect ourselves so we can get back on our bullshit. Which is exactly what we're doing today. <laughs> yes, it is. As our longtime listeners know, we have always been very vocal advocates of the wholesale murder of landlords. Uh, oh, yes, some, absolutely. Yeah, it's something we don't shy away from. Uh, we believe that uh, the land belongs to the people. <laughs> yes, and that uh, housing is a fundamental human right. Yeah, yeah. So the the market, the housing market is just nuts as you know if you've paid attention to the news at all yeah my lease is up in uh two months and i can't wait to see them try and raise my rent by six to eight hundred dollars is my guess yep yep if there's one thing that you can count on it is getting rat fucked to just have shelter and running water and basic human necessities but it wasn't always this way nick let's journey back to the year of our lord 2000 the new millennium was upon us. Indeed. Um, um, it's pronounced Willennium. God, you got my joke. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yes, yes. The, uh, the Willennium and uh, in tribute to the fresh prince and future King Richard, William Smith. It was a time of prosperity, but it was also a time of great despair. You see, MySpace was still three years away. And budding sociopath Mark Zuckerberg was still just a lowly junior at Phillips Exeter Academy. We relied on landline telephones, written letters sent via the post, and our only means for us peasants to see exactly how our betters lived was via cable television. A producer by the name of Nina L. Diaz saw that yawning void in our collective consciousness, a singular need we all desired, to see where the guy from Papa Roach took a shit. <laughs> and so on september 20th of the year 2000 mtv cribs premiered nick did you watch a lot of cribs uh, i watched some and in preparation for this like I, I i mean you just mentioned uh papa roach like i remembered that episode very vividly like as i rewatched that i was like oh i remember when he does this thing um i don't it's the only one i remember yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, like when we were 17, you watched MTV. That's what we did. You mm -hmm. either got hung out at the mall, yep. went to the skate park or watched MTV. Yep. And Cribs was a social phenomenon. For those of you who are too young to remember it, 
uh, it took the basic concept of lifestyles of the rich and famous and update for the youth. That's a really shitty analogy because if you don't remember Cribs, how could you possibly remember lifestyles of the rich and famous? Yeah, I hardly remember lifestyles of the rich and famous. Yeah, Robin Leach, God yeah, rest dude, his I soul. Used to see, he, yeah, he died a couple years ago. I used to see him around Las Vegas at events all the time because he lived here, and he was always with a couple of working girls, but he called them his nieces. <laughs> but they're different. Yeah, he, he would always wear the world's most wrinkled linen suit. Oh my God. Good. That that's how I want to remember him. Yeah. I hope that's how he went out. Like working girl on either side, cranking his old dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he went out surrounded by family, both his nieces. <laughs> <laughs> to date, there have been 18 seasons of cribs and countless imitations and iterations of the theme. At the time, it was the closest way for us, the fans, to get a real unvarnished look at who these musicians were when they weren't on stage. Um, right. Yeah. Well, of this is also like the cheapest production value of any show ever. Like you could make an episode <laughs> of Cribs with one guy and an iPhone. Now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Like, yeah, I don't know if, uh, uh, you know, 18 seasons. I don't even know who's Crib. I'm like, is it just Jojo, Jojo Siwa's fucking <laughs> S&M dungeon or whatever the hell? I, I, I don't I don't know. It was the only name I could think of. But yeah, like as it got bigger, it mostly turned into bullshit. In one episode, 50 Cent showed off his three yellow Ferraris that were in fact owned by a private collector and loaned out to him for a video shoot. And he was just like, yeah, these are my Ferraris. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Kim Kardashian, Robbie Williams, and Ja Rule's episode wasn't even filmed in their actual homes. Holy shit. But my favorite, my absolute favorite is uh, the Ying Yang Twins. Actually, you, you remember them? Will you see my house? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Yeah, they rented a home and they didn't even do a walkthrough before filming. So like they're just surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, would you like to see a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds hilarious. Hey, you, how y'all doing? You, come on in. It's me and my brother. And we make the yin yang twins. That D-Rock. I'm, I'm D-Rock. What's your name here? My name Kang. What your name is again? Kang. Hey, hey, come on in. Yeah. Come on. The first room I'm finna let y'all see is the C room. We got the fishes right here. What they name is, Shawty? That's Kudzu. Hi. You. Hi. And Money Green. Yeah. Okay, so for those of you listening, this is a house in suburban Atlanta that is absolutely empty. This is like the model home that you see when you go to like check out a neighborhood. And it's all decorated like imagine like you, your friend's parents' beach house. There's just like a swordfish on the wall and yeah, like that a sailboat in the corner. Yeah. Then you come in here. And this is the official kitchen. I got to show y'all my little Walmart special. Walmart. So they're clearly just making this shit up as they go along. <laughs> they it's do the not live here. These men are also on just loads of cough syrup. <laughs> oh, they are so <laughs> fucked up. They said, this is my fish's name, Kudzu, and fuck you. And money green. <laughs> money green. So yeah, uh, 
Cribs is, it's great. And of course, because of when this show debuted, we got to look inside the cribs of some of New Metal's biggest names. So for today's show, we'll be visiting the cribs, rides, buses, bungalows, catamarans, and jet skis of <laughs> New Metal legends, starting with Fieldy from Corn. This is about what I expected from Fieldy. Well, actually, I take that back. I had no idea he was this rich. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's a bass player. I'm glad I caught you guys. I was just pulling my trash in real quick. I'm Fieldy from Corn. Welcome to my crib nest. The first thing to really tell you about any episode of Cribs is that the biggest TV you're going to see is about 28 inches and weighs 85 pounds. <laughs> All of these TVs are like kettlebells. <laughs> I like, uh, so this episode starts in Fieldy's garage where he's like showing off his cars. Fieldy's garage is so fucking big. It looks like my garage in Grand Theft Auto 5. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. But Fieldy, so like, man is rich. This dude yeah. is loaded. And of course, you know, you can kind of tell where the interior decorator went through and where they're like, all right, Fieldy, we'll give you this one because he made his lounge wall-to-wall blacklight posters. His lounge looks like Spencer's gifts. Like, I couldn't walk through Fieldy's, like, living room without just shoplifting, because that's all I know how to do <laughs> in Spencer's gifts. I got this fucking wizard ashtray <laughs> and, and, and a pewter knife. <laughs> One of those, like, naughty pens that when you click it, her bikini comes off. Exactly. We're up in here. This is a room that one time that was empty, nothing, kind of just everybody puts their own thing, tags their own names, puts up the posters where they want. This is an antique table, actually. We carved all over this table, wrecked it. <laughs> this is an antique table, and we just destroyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just all a feel, like, this is like my 16-year-old dream bedroom it's just black lights lava lamps and all my boys hanging out just yeah. smoking and playing cards yeah yeah i mean this room i mean it gives me a little bit of a panic attack i think it's probably designed to do the opposite but you can tell the rooms that no one has been in in this house because the carpets are pristine everywhere else is probably just covered in bong water <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite reoccurring themes on cribs is what I am calling the DVD flex. Yes. Uh, I, I too, uh, was going to comment on this. Yes. So, uh, to start off the first DVD flex of the show is Fieldy's DVD collection. Everybody has to have Scarface, but I don't, I got deaf comedy jam. Every one of them. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Jim Carrey. I've seen this about three, four, five hundred times, half-baked. Brad Pitt is like a big fan. You know, I'm a big fan of all his movies. The Simpsons, box set, Homer's a man. My idol. I'll get that later. <laughs> I, I don't know why they do it, but every single episode. Yeah, the, just and, about. Yeah, like, and DVD flex. DVD and VHS, if you're really balling. It is pretty funny. I, I think I have two or three DVDs in my house at the moment, but I do remember like prominently displaying them. And and you have to go back. So what is this? 2000, 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Like 
you just, you know, show us how you live, you know, show us where you watch TV. So uh, the other thing throughout all of this episode of Cribs is Fieldy really, really, really wants you to buy his solo album, Fieldy's Dreams. Oh my God. You know that that's an album that I'd never even listened to. And that thing came out, I think, when I still liked Corn. Never listened to it. But yeah, he yeah. brings it up a lot. Yeah, it's like monogrammed on everything. It's uh, He just keeps saying it over and over. The reason that you probably never listen to Fieldy's Dreams is because their only album, Rock and Roll Gangster, well, on the website Rate Your Music, Fieldy's Dreams is described by users as a real torture for my ears and pure garbage. Although uh, one user did describe it as uh, saying, his delivery reminded me of a proto Danny Brown. If Danny Brown sustained a major concussive head injury shortly before <laughs> recording. The, my last note on Fieldy is that uh, he has a live-in hairstylist. This is my salon. My hairdresser lives with me, Ham Cam. Hair by Ham, embroidered right here. Fieldy's dreams. Bathtub's coming in, didn't have time. Yeah, so he's so rich that he has a live-in hairstylist mm -hmm. and a barber chair that has fieldy's dreams embroidered on it <sighs> yeah Can you imagine sitting down every time to get your hair braided and being like man that album flopped <laughs> <laughs> I, i'd like to think it was like a promotional gift from his record label yeah go, probably congratulations yeah you know then he takes the cameraman outside and shows everybody his like fancy fucking grotto pool yeah. Oh God. With just like all the all the homeboys, all the hangers on. Who, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a large crowd of the most unattractive people in Hollywood. Really. Yeah. Uh, another theme pervasive throughout Cribs: red solo cups. Oh, yeah. Because everybody's hammered, but they are not showing a brand name unless you cough up that money. Yeah. You bring all your friends over to Cribs so you can you can show the audience how popular you are and how everybody yeah, loves you. you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um. So that is. Fieldy, let's head on over to the crib of Robert Zombie. As soon as I clicked this, I was like, Rob Zombie's going to have the fucking dopest house ever. <sighs> All right. It's a modest 7,000 square foot, two bedroom, four bath home. And because this is zombie, to me, Nick, it's going to be the goofiest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, but also dope. <laughs> no, no, let's How do you have a 7,000 square foot house and only put two bedrooms in it? And four bathrooms. <laughs> I got a lot of shit to do. <laughs> no, I. let's get it out of the way real, real quick because I feel like this is a reckoning that's been a long time coming with me yeah. and you, Nick. The Munsters fucking sucks. And all these old creature features, they're, they're slower than molasses. And like, they've done great things for motion pictures, but like, so did the birth of a nation. And I don't want to watch that. <laughs> I kind of like the Munsters. Um, no, like, I haven't watched it in 35 fucking years, but I remember like watching it at my grandma's house in black and uh, white. And it was a good time. No. No, Rob Zombie, like he made the first half of his career dressing like Dr. Teeth from the Muppets <laughs> and, and, and be like, you know, just be fucking normal for a bit. Like you're it's like, oh, look, I've got nothing but booberry and Count Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> fucking relax, dude. Just yeah, ha no. have a normal room. No, just yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, you knew that his house is going to look like an oddity shop before the door even opened. No, right out the gate, he's like, time to freak out the squares. Hello, 
I'm Rob Zombie, and uh, this is my house, so uh, come on inside, and I'll show you some weird stuff. I'll show you some weird stuff. <laughs> like, if, if anybody else said that, like, hey, hey, Nick, welcome to my home. Come on in. I'll show you some weird stuff. Wouldn't it be, like, rad if he was just like, uh, take your goddamn shoes off? <laughs> So yeah, right out the gate, we get the, the knight suit of armor. In the entryway, we have our armor, because every house needs a suit of armor. Every TV show I've ever seen, Monsters Adam Family, there's always armor. Why? I don't know. It's, you know when the Blues Brothers are like, we play both kinds of music, country and country. western. <laughs> All kinds of TV for Rob Zombie is either the Monsters or the Adams Family. No other <laughs> television shows exist. Like how how aggravating it must be to like be into anything else and be a friend of Rob Zombie. It's like I don't know, Rob. Can we just like watch The Simpsons? He's like, no, Scooby Doo only. <laughs> um, yeah. So he has a jackalope on the wall. For those that don't know what a jackalope is, it is a gaff. Uh, a gaff is a piece of uh, manipulated taxidermy. So uh, jackalope is a uh, rabbit with antlers that was supposed to be like a mythical creature in the United States. But realistically, it's just taxidermy rabbit that someone jams some antlers into. <laughs> yep. Um, and Rob Zombie's got a lot of them because it it's weird stuff. Uh, he has the polar bear from the I Adams family. This is a polar bear from the Adams Family, the original Adams Family, not the movies or anything else. Yeah, because if it's the movie, you're a fucking poser. <laughs> I like how he goes, uh, welcome to my living room, although I don't know why they call it the living room, because there's a lot of dead stuff in here. <laughs> <laughs> Just one normal room, Robert. Just a regular room that doesn't have, like, cobwebs and jack-o'-lanterns and, like, revolving bookcases. <laughs> Just a room. Impossible. It's, ex it's exhausting. This guy is fucking exhausting. <laughs> Let me show you some freaks. So yeah, a lot more gaffs. Uh, let's see. What else does he have? Uh, just a bunch of fucking creature of the Black Lagoon. He's got a, a fucking, fucking defunct electric chair. He's got a pirate bar. Yeah. Uh, this is the lamest thing in his house. It's basically somebody left like one of those life-size Captain Morgan thing, uh, promo <laughs> things that you'd see in a liquor store. And uh, Rob Zombie's like, well, it's a pirate bar. Pirate bar. It wasn't a pirate bar, but it looked like a pirate bar, so we made it a pirate bar. They got our Captain Hook and our skulls and our Jolly Rogers and all the things to make it for a good pirate. Yeah, it is. It is a little exhausting. I still like the house, though. I would I would spend if this was an Airbnb, it would be the coolest Airbnb. Yes, it would be an excellent Airbnb. But like what happens when you just need to, like, find the paper towels? Oh, well, pull the uh, the skull <laughs> on the bookcase and the fireplace will swing around like, no, God, damn, I just need a closet to put my cleaning supplies in. That's uh, I, all. I like that he has um, a separate room for watching TV and for watching movies. Those are two different rooms. Oh, yeah. Well, two two different medias. Yeah. yeah, let's get to the DVD flex. Rob Zombie probably has the best flex uh, DVD flex. Yeah, I mean, this DVD room is sweet. Yeah. Mostly just watch horror movies in here. No shit. <laughs> All horror movies. I buy everything I see, and I'm rebuying everything I see on DVD, even though I already have it on uh, laser, and I have it on VHS, so it's, it's a sickness. It's a sickness. I have so much money. 
god and like it's only oh god like just looking through there it's what if you wanted to watch i don't know romancing the stone or uh top gun top gun breakfast club anything (laughs) nope sorry you've got to watch uh only satan movies (laughs) hell's hot rod or something (laughs) bullshit you don't care about uh yeah so rob zombie I will say, all things considered, pretty decent crib. He shows the, he shows the camera his pool and his hot tub, but then he's like, I think it's broken. I don't know. Who wants to sit in hot water? I hate the sun. <laughs> me. Me, Rob. <laughs> I would love to sit in a jacuzzi. If you don't have a pool, they kick you out of Hollywood. <laughs> uh, okay, Rob. Okay, you win. I'm Robert Zombert. Welcome to my mansion. <laughs> Now, they said it was a haunted mansion, but I think Zillow fucking lied. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to Cribs, but I want to uh, get to some of the Crib adjacent shows that I found. And the first one I want to share with you is Jonathan Davis on Ride with Funkmaster Flex. And here, the corn front man shows off his BMWs and his Lexuses and, you know, all the all, all the fancy stuff. But you can tell the one thing he's really excited to get to. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. Is this. It's very, very uh, interesting car. All right. Well, she's not much to look at. So this is this is a Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Okay. 69. Right. What makes it so different was owned by a very notorious serial killer named Ted Bundy. Wow. He killed over 50 women in this car. In it? In here? In here. Yeah, so it's a very evil car. He used to drive around in it like this. And he'd he'd have, you know, he'd tell girls like his arm was broke or something like that. He's like, can you help me out with my books? And he, once they got it till it's a car, he'd knock them in the head with like a tire iron and he'd lay them right here. Yeah, that's so horrible, man. Like, you you can't see Funkmaster Flex, but he's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Some white people shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine like when John Davis's porn star family goes to sleep at night, he just fires up the meth pipe and takes the death car around the block. <laughs> uh, he does indeed have Theodore Bundy's car. But the rightful owner of it is not Jonathan Davis. Of course. Uh, The car actually belongs to a man by the name of Arthur Rosenblatt. And uh, I'm going to read an article from the Ireland Times because apparently the Ireland Times reports on stuff like this. Rosenblatt says Davis approached him in June 2001 about his collection of Americana, which included a Volkswagen once owned by serial killer Ted Bundy. Rosenblatt told Davis of his plan to open a a museum of artifacts related to the criminal justice system, and Davis said he wanted to participate, offering $250,000 to fund the museum. Between 2001 and 2003, Rosenblatt left his job, relocated to Los Angeles, and loaned Davis Bundy's car and other artwork worth $20,000. So the money never materialized, and Davis just kind of kept the stuff (laughs) (laughs) um whenever uh rosenblatt tried to get it back davis's people would just tell him to fuck off and like apparently threatened his life on more than one occasion amazing yeah finally uh was forced to file a stolen car report when it became clear that davis was just never going to contribute to the project or give any of the shit back 
Los Angeles police put up the Volkswagen Beetle for repossession, but when repo men came to take it from his property, he allegedly turned violent and persuaded them to leave the vehicle where it was. I'm guessing repo men around this time, they strike me as huge corn fans. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, because like literally Jonathan Davis is one of the least scary men ever. Yeah, ever. He's going to flail his skinny wrists at me. (laughs) (laughs) This is my my serial killer car. (laughs) It's remarkable how different his speaking voice is from his singing voice. Mm Mm-hmm. Apparently, around this time, Davis was like a huge collector of serial killer memorabilia. And can we just say how fucking lame that is? Like, Yeah, it's been done. I was in um, New Orleans a couple weeks ago, and they have the Museum of Death there. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to check it out. The first thing I saw was just, it was on the desk where you like buy your ticket. was like the aftermath of a motorcycle crash where this man's body was ripped into like eight pieces. And I was like, Jesus oh, Christ. Well, it's 930 in the morning, but here we go. And then I went <laughs> to the Museum of Death and saw like photos of Sharon Tate all stabbed up and like just Jesus. so much stuff. And it just ruined my day. <laughs> really? You didn't know that going in? I, I thought. I don't know what I thought, but it was a place that I had to go to. And then I was just sad for the rest of the day. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Apparently Davis like got rid of all his serial killer stuff when he like grew the fuck up. But yeah, this is just like some edgelord shit. And yeah, Funkmaster Flex the whole time is like, cool. Can we check out the Bentleys, please? (laughs) Another big theme around this time was tour bus shows. There is this pervasive myth around tour buses that they're like this cool rock star thing. And if you've ever actually been inside a tour bus, the idea of it being a rock and roll, like awesome lifestyle is immediately shattered. Uh, Nick, you've been inside your fair share of buses. Yeah, I know they're, they're not big. Everybody's on top of each other. You have to sleep on like a one inch mattress. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. they're, They're just not good. Yeah, no, it's ter- it's terrible. The air is recycled. You can't take a shit. Well, you it's- can. You have to poop in a plastic bag and then throw it out the window. Ah, yes. You can't yes. take a shit in the toilet. Yeah, no, where you're supposed to take a shit. Yeah, number one only. Yeah. Kid Rock had pivoted to pro- pop country grifter by the time he showed up on CMT's Great Tour Buses, which is kind of an oxymoron. This whole episode, it's like the guys who designed Kid Rock's tour bus just being so proud of what they've done and Kid Rock shitting all over Dude, it. Dude, he looks so bored. Like, he does not want to be here. Was was he ambushed into doing this show? Thank you for your we have the new Come on in. The bus is great. It's a lot of fun for about the first year of touring because <laughs> you'd think you've made it after you rode around in minivans with U-Haul trailers and Winnebago's and you get a bus. As you first walk into the bus, first of all, you see the door panel kid loves the Detroit D, Detroit Tigers. And so it's got a D in the door panel. These guys have poured their heart and soul to it. So you've got the Detroit D on there. And then uh... outside of the slide out option, they've added a lot of entertainment for them. In that front lounge, there's three televisions. There's one on the wall that looks like a picture of Detroit. When you push the remote button, the lights actually dim and the picture comes up and there's a plasma TV behind it. That's how you get the gals. There's also... <laughs> Kid Rock hates every part of this documentary. 
Um, he also just hates the bus. At one point, he's like, I don't even really like to ride the bus. I like to fly in. I'm on the bus for a couple of days, and then I fly the fuck out of whatever shithole town I'm playing and cash my million dollars. I like to fly in, ride the bus for a couple of days, and fly home. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's just rolling his eyes like, yeah, that's how you, that's how you get the gals. Like, what a piece of shit you are, Kid, Kid Rock. Kid Rock's tour bus guaranteed smells like Pall Malls and stale Budweisers. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So another flat screen LCD television underneath the stereos, and there's a another LCD television that comes up out of a end table beside of the couch. We actually built the front end of the bus to be more like a theater front lounge will seat probably about 15 people all the seating is italian leather custom made for that bus italian leather custom made for that bus cigarette butt resistant That right there is where Kid Rock was sitting next to Scott's staff while they was getting blowjobs. And, you know, you just take a microfiber cloth and you just you buff that semen right out. It just comes right out. It's, you know, you just dab a little bit of horse on it and you just a little bit of elbow grease. You can get get Kid Rock's goo right, right out of that custom Italian, Italian leather. Oh, uh, let's let's get to uh Kid Rock's uh, bed. We'll move back to his stateroom, which is also set up as a studio room. We had a Winnebago, had a little studio on it, and then we moved up to a bus and put a studio on there. And that's what we did Uncle Cracker's very first album was pretty much in buses and hotel rooms. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> you can t- <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, U- Uncle Cracker uh, definitely gives me a recorded in a bus type energy <laughs> that's that's the genre of of that album <laughs> it's mostly for ideas you know i pop down ideas we're gonna maybe do a live record now so here's an idea fucking blow your head off sorry just putting it out there <laughs> just pu- putting that out there to continue on with the stateroom we have the very customized shower that they've come up with for this coach there's a couple large pieces of granite in the shower that we actually had etched with the detroit tigers d in the shower also these guys are so proud that they can I hand carve that marble with my own two hands. Meanwhile, <laughs> Kid Rock's pubes are stuck to it. <laughs> and that fiber optic shower head was like a $4,000 feature. Has a color wheel, just a, had a little flavor to, to taking a shower during the course of a day, I guess. What is his stateroom without his full bed? We brought in a special Tempur-Pedic bed. It makes things nice on the road when they're bouncing down the highway. Just settle straight in and go right to sleep. I can't sleep on the bus. So I'm not a really big fan of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he was never, like Kid Rock was like two hours past dinner time when they recorded this. Just fucking cranky. <laughs> Fuck this buzz. Fuck that dumb yokel who spent all his time carving the D into it and fucking put an LED color changing <laughs> you know what color I leave it on clear <laughs> yeah that's a $4,000 shower head that is I guarantee you has never been used by Kid Rock he's uh at this point he is just an entitled pompous fucking piece of shit in a pork pie hat <laughs> yeah look at him good god how did we ever uh, all right you know I'm just gonna ball it all up and keep keep going how about uh, how about his trailer? 
Yeah, he <laughs> tours with two dirt bikes <laughs> in a trailer on the back of his tour bus. On the flip side of that are his dirt bikes. Oh, that little yellow motorcycle, that's a little 85, I think. That was all those things, we were just trying to figure out something to do every day at the venue, so we set up a road case with like a 35, 40 foot loading ramp. It just hit that thing as fast as I could in fifth gear, and we, I got 44 feet on it. Think of all the roadies to lay down underneath it and stuff, it'd be like, you know, Fonz. <laughs> Sacrifice <laughs> your life for my boredom, you poor bastards. <laughs> That was my thought when I saw this. Like, you did what? <laughs> you piece of shit. I hope like, 12 an hour is worth it, bitch. <laughs> you ain't union. <laughs> yeah. He's like fucking Nero. It's just. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible human being. Uh, Nick, would you like to see the saddest tour bus experience? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Because holy shit. Uh, this is, comes from an episode of bus invaders featuring static X real quick there. This says bus invaders episode 1,487. (laughs) This is the most boring show on earth. How many episodes of bus invaders can you possibly do before you know? Well, what, what, what's the 1,487th band that we haven't done yet? Oh, well, that's going to be static X. Is that the band where the guy wears the face of the guy who <laughs> used to be the singer? Huh. All right. Get on the bus. The most exciting part of this whole thing is they find a mystery toothbrush. <laughs> These are the most boring fucking people in the world. They show their their uh, tour itinerary at one point, and the next stop is the Forge in Joliet, Illinois, where <laughs> new metal will never, ever die. Ever. Seckies, uh, plenty of water, uh, some soft drinks. He just showed us the pull-out fridge that had one beer, one bottled water, and one can of Coke, <laughs> and no ice. <laughs> At one point, he's like, oh, we eat a lot of sandwiches on tour, so in here we have various meats and cheeses, and oh, there's an orange in there. Here's the, here's the part that really just made me sad. This pint of ice cream has been here forever. It doesn't feel like it's been eaten. Interesting. Uh, Can you imagine being like 50 years old and having to write your name in marker on like a half-eaten box of Push Pops? <laughs> it's Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. And like, dude, they're playing at the Forge in Joliet, Illinois, and they're driving a bus. Which means it's a wash. They're not making any money at any of these shows. Let's not mince words. This is not their bus. Most buses are rentals. Yeah. 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 Like even Kid Rocks, like as soon as he's done with that, they're going to strip the D off the wall and blah, blah, (laughs) blah. And yeah, it's uh, nobody owns their own bus. Yeah. It's a bad Uh, investment. Yeah. All right. uh, Let's we've got two more cribs to swing through. So. Let's go back to California, where we are going to check in on Jacoby Shaddix, frontman of Papa Roach. Jacoby Shaddix has a normal ass house. He really does. I mean, mostly. Really, yeah, it's 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 a modest twenty eight hundred square foot, three bedroom, two full baths and a half bath. Like it is yeah, up in Northern California. Yeah, yeah. It looks like like a crate and barrel just vomited all over the place. Yeah, with a few odd touches, uh, that would what happens when you get really rich at like 22 years old. Uh, so let's take a little tour through his crib. This is uh, my favorite place to be because I, I really like to eat. Really, Jacoby? That's that's all right. That's what you're giving us. Cool story behind. 
behind this. Uh, I got it tattooed on the back of my neck. It means love. Uh, me and my wife, we got it tattooed at the same time. Yeah, he's just got a giant kanji tat uh, tattoo. Fr- it's or- like four by four feet on his dining room wall. Really good. I liked it. And plus, like, I like the Asian style. Makes me feel comfortable. Makes me feel peaceful. Asian style. Yep. Mm, all right. All right. This is my living room right here. Okay, so they just showed like uh, a couple different items. One is a monkey lamp, and then there is another uh, kind of like just block that holds candles in it. I recognize all of this stuff because my first job around the time that this came out was as a uh, working at like the stock room of a Kirkland's. Do you know what a oh, Kirkland's is? Oh, that's hilarious. Is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they sell like candelabras and like all this like little kitschy home decor shit. So- Jacoby's uh, wife just went to Kirkland's and like loaded up the cart. And that's what that's all this hilarious. is. Yeah. It's the most boring fucking house in the world. Yeah. Let's check out the DVD flex. Now also, this is where I keep all my DVDs and stuff like that. Oh, this is a good one right here. Memento. It's tight. Then you got to have this. Hey, what do you get for? Scary. And when you get bored, I do Taibo. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to take you to the hell hole. Kid Rock's tour bus? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give it to Jacoby. He's a guy who just kind of came into some money. And, For uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I do need to give this episode of Cribs props on is he shouts out Faith No More so much, and they actually play four Faith No More songs because this guy is so fucking boring. Like, I don't know. What'd you get from it? He likes Faith No More. Keep playing that. There's a one scene where he shows these scrapbooks that his mom made for him on the living room table. And as he like flips through it, you can see like early Papa Roach tour uh, or not tour, but like concert posters and stuff, flyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he shouts out his mom and like, it's, it's a little uh, nice to see a new metal singer that doesn't fucking hate his mom. Yeah. And of course you've got the party scene down in the, uh, in the basement where everybody's just kind of getting loaded and uh, gathered around a 32 inch, 500 pound television. <laughs> They're just going to keep getting smaller and heavier. <laughs> watching fucking boondock saints on VHS. <laughs> Everybody's watching house. Every, every time. <laughs> on the TV. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he does give us a little hard luck story with some cold play in the background so that, you know, it's for real. Yes. I, I don't take it for granted at all. It's really special, you know? And yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. I like it. Oh, God, why? This is what happens when you give 20-year-olds money. Yeah, I mean, fast forward fucking 20 years, and this guy's fucking covered in tattoos and playing screamo music. (laughs) (laughs) Let's end with the most bizarre crib. Yeah, I thought it was a fever dream. Yeah, a puddle of mud. Uh, I don't even know how to, like, cue this up. Um, They're in Iraq. It took me a minute to figure it out. Yeah, they're in like a former palace of Saddam Hussein, but they're acting like it's their house. Yeah. So I guess like at some point during the Iraq war, um, puddle of mud went over there for like a USO show and got, and they got put up in one of Saddam's former palaces. Yeah. So, you know how, um, are you familiar with how rampant, um, suicide is within enlisted soldiers in the military? I am not. 
Well, it's, it's, it's a really severe crisis. Like there's a tremendous amount of suicide that occurs like in active duty soldiers. So I looked into it a little bit and uh, this is this is where it started when a company <laughs> of soldiers were forced to listen to a whole ass puddle of mud show in the fucking 120 degrees wearing fatigues. <laughs> Dude, uh, the guys were just looking at each other like fucking hang me like Saddam. <laughs> I have a note. That says, I'm jumping on the first grenade I see, and I don't care for in battle. <laughs> Which tells you all you need to know about Puddle of Mud. So let's uh, look at their crib. This is our crib here at Detroit. Come on in. We'd like to show you around. This is our uh, entryway into our crib here. Oh, uh, yeah, this is like the entryway. I think that the user submitted. Like, I feel like. They shot all this on a shitty hand cam and then sent it to MTV. This will be hilarious. They must have. And like, so th- this this mansion, I don't think that we as, as Westerners can really understand the sheer opulence of like one of Saddam Hussein's mansions. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't care what Oprah Winfrey has or Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg or any of them. Saddam Hussein could fucking smoke them with like his summer cottage. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's made of fucking like ivory and gold. <laughs> this whole fucking palace is made of elephant tusks. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But you got to get them as their babies because that's how you get the it's more malleable. Ivory. It's like a softer ivory. Yeah, yeah, you can work better with it to carve a um, a statue in your likeness. <laughs> it's right here. And, uh, it says Saddam. Saddam, Saddam, Saddam. It's really beautiful palace that he just purchased. Picked this up after the war. What? He picked it up after the war. Yeah, I picked this one up after the war, man. The price severely dropped. So I'm a soldier watching my buddies get blown up by IEDs and the fucking higher ups go, hey, you know what our boys need? West Scatlin. Yeah. The, the, we, the, uh, the sh- we shock and awe a few fucking uh, thousand civilians so fucking puddle of mud could fucking come over and hang out. Oh, my God. I would be so pissed off. Like, you couldn't even get, like, who's that other USO band that, like, the... Three Doors Down? Three Doors Down. You could get Three Doors Down to come out? I mean, that's a hell of a one-two punch. You get Superman. You get to slap my ass. So many yeah. hits, man. Oh, God. Well, yeah, no, I mean, but Three Doors Down, at least they uh, they were like the last vestige of like army recruitment that you really saw out there. Like, I remember going to the movies and, you know, during like the trailers in between, like, uh, you know, like uh, turn off your cell phones and shit. Like, if I could be your Superman. And it was like a <laughs> bunch of like Navy SEALs rolling off their fucking Zodiac boats and like crawling onto the beach at night. And it was like, join the fucking Marines. <laughs> Dude, fucking recruitment videos were way fucking cool to our kids. Do you remember the one that used to air during like Saturday morning cartoons? Where they where were the, the fu- knights? The Marine fucking fights a lava monster. <laughs> yes. Yes. He fights the lava monster with the sword. And then yeah. like, he turns into the... Yes. Yep. Be all that you can be. <laughs> no, man. When I was uh, around the around the time they um, this episode of Cribs was probably filmed, they set up a Hummer on my college campus, like a Hummer at nine in the morning, blasting house music. And there were just these two dudes in like all their fucking like army gear, just sitting there looking badass, like waiting for you to come talk to them. 
And like that was their recruitment strategy. Ugh, I remember walking into my junior college with a guitar and an acoustic guitar in a case because, you know, I was acoustic yep. guitar college guy. Yes, <laughs> and you I'm are. walking in and this like Navy recruitment guy walks out and he goes, Hey, how'd you like to play the guitar in the Navy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, sir. I am a uh, cisgender. Dude, and, I, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I know. I know my fucking skill set. I'm going to be the guy that's putting fucking gasoline in a fucking cruiser for the next fucking four years. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I've been wearing those big, stupid fucking earmuffs underneath a fighter plane. Don't get to do anything cool with it. I'll be the guy that takes the blocks out when the fucking top gun takes off. <laughs> hey, blocks guy was important. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't be awesome without blocks guy. I guess. We used to use the N60s, but now we got the 249s. We'll have to be back by 11. We want to take a They're just waving around yeah. machine guns at this point. Well, you know, I mean, these guys, like, the soldiers are, like, 20 years old. Right. Like, you want to see some fucking awesome weapons? And, of course, Puddle of Mud is Puddle of Mud. You want to see what an M60 does to a camel? <laughs> oh, wait. I think he shows him a weird toilet. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, here's where Saddam Hussein took a shit. Hey, everybody. What's going on? We're back here at MTV Cribs. And, uh, you know, I just got done taking a, not, you know, going to the bathroom here and, uh, Got one urinal out, but um, this is how we do it. Yeah, it's a bidet, stupid. I got one (laughs) urinal out because it's got a cover on it. It's a fucking bidet. (laughs) I hate this. I hate cribs. I hate puddle of mud. Look at this dumb fucking numb nuts. Well, Nick, that concludes our tour of the cribs, rides, and what have yous of some of New Metal's biggest names. Uh, any parting thoughts? I hope that the impressionable 17 year olds have something better to watch now. They, no, I, I'm sure they don't. All right. Well, that's been terrible. What have you been listening to? All right. So this is a pull by a Microwave off their 2019 album, Death is a Warm Blanket. That's uh, that's a nice mellow choice. Yeah, you know they uh, I like it. They're a great band. I have been listening to a band I just discovered called Brand of Sacrifice, and this song is called Lifeblood. That was. Lifeblood by Brand of Sacrifice. I like how like Deathcore is now so heavy that you can't even tell if there's a guitar player or not. It's just like 808 drum hits and and screamy. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it great? <laughs> I'm so I'm so happy with where music is going. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, this is what happens when you can make a whole album on your uh your iPhone now. God, 
God bless him for it. All right. Well, anyway, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at days of the new. Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick underscore the underscore knife. And you can find me on Instagram at K-J-D-E-L-U-R-Y. And you cannot find me on Twitter because, man, Elon's tripping. I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't anymore. I I fucking can't with that guy. Holy shit. Fire him into the moon. Uh, (laughs) Days of the New is a production of the Palm Strings 86.